My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. I'm, I'm happy to have Marty Constant, and that's Constant with a K, from Chicago. Uh, Marty is a, a workplace futurist, author, speaker, and she has done a great job of teaching business executives and companies how to be agile in what is now a very rapidly changing uh, workforce. So, hey, welcome. Thanks for coming on, Marty. How are you doing? Thanks, Craig. I'm very happy to be here. Um, it's um, certainly the theme last year and this year has been rapid change. So <laughs> my business has been extremely busy with emerging thought and um, adapting to change. So what are companies, what are your clients coming to? I mean, obviously, every like we were just talking about it. Yeah, the world is getting dragged down by you know, between COVID. People are getting dragged down by some important stuff and not so important stuff and, and you know, change of thought. How are you teaching? What do companies need to be thinking about? What do executives need to be thinking about? You know, what are you teaching them um, moving, you know, for the next 12, 12, 24, 36 months? Right, right. So just to um, reference what you just said, COVID is the beast that is ruling the day right now. It's what I call a wicked problem. Um, defined by Marcus Kirsch, Kirsch out of the UK. He defines a wicked problem as something that continues to morph and change as you're resolving that issue. Something like the pandemic is certainly one of those types of problems. And to answer your question about what should people be thinking, I think the number one power skill for 2021, I think it was in the top five last year, I think it's gonna be in the top three for this year is adaptability. If you are not adapting to what's going on, and it's not just adapting, it's assessment, observing, being a keen observer of trends and signals in your industry and in your profession, taking note of that and figuring out and asking the question, how does this affect me? And how does this affect my organization? Once you answer those questions, you can make a decision or make a plan. And agility, in addition to adaptability, really relates to the ability to make a decision. So, you know, but it's, it's more than COVID. I mean, you think about, yeah, COVID, okay, yeah, this will pass. But there's more than it's more than COVID. It's it's tech. I mean, you've got Amazon going out and really you know, you know, taking over the world. Walmart has done a great job of doing adapting to Amazon. You've got you know, Boeing and some of the airlines now that are saying, "Whoa, what are we going to look like to become?" How do we, how do you if you're a CEO, how do you stop? Tell everybody just stop. Let's think about this differently. Like now get rid of the bureaucracy think about what we need to be doing now or is that just a you know is that a pipe dream to be able to do something like that 
I think it's, you know, the, the overused word of 2019 was pivot, and it was used quite a bit also in 2020, but we shouldn't throw that one away. If we're not pivoting in the face of these kinds of changes, and let's use the airlines as an example. Think of the pivoting that they are doing right now. I did fly recently. It was an amazing experience because what I observed is high high effort to keep people safe while traveling. A lot of cleaning of the vehicles. They've also downsized the number of flights that they run per route. They're mm -hmm. becoming more efficient. And we're not hearing tons of stories that, oh my goodness, people are getting COVID because they flew on an airplane. We're not hearing that mm -hmm. there. They're actually deriving it from other locations. So just the, the safety and compliance piece of the airline industry is amazing. And they're actually getting really good marks right now for that. That's a type of evolution. The way that they serve their food in plastic bags and bottled water and not, not doing things the way that they did before. Catering looks different now. It's appealing to what needs to be done for the current day. So how do you get them to continue to do that? I mean, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. I think like you know, good times. We've had some great economic times from what 2015, 2016 till the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Quite often, you know, good ec economics breeds complacency. Um, yeah, this is you know, it's it's how do you get people to be continuing to to always be thinking about what happens if, what happens if, I mean, you know, nobody ever would have dreamed that a pandemic would have come along and shut half of New York City now. Um, how do you get people to be thinking about what would happen if, you know, worst case scenario so that they're always one step ahead of it or thinking about it? And so you said the magic word complacency is the enemy. It doesn't sound like a dangerous word, the word complacency, but it is. I uh, viewed an economic summit yesterday, uh, three University of Chicago economists were talking about what has to happen in 2021 and beyond. Uh, they were asked to um, have opinions about what's going to happen in the next administration, um, you know, the next, you know, when Joe Biden steps in, what needs to happen. Um, so they started talking about a number of things. One of the things was the job market itself. Mm -hmm. So the job market, people um, and organizations need to take a look at the industries that are growing. We have the stay-at-home stocks. Those are growing. We have these emerging companies that handle online conferences. Who would think that there's like a dozen or 20 of those companies right now that are doing amazing things and they're considered a stay-at-home stock? Mm -hmm. um, so these companies are, are coming up. They also made the remark that large organizations actually have quite an edge to make a difference right now because they've got, you know, they've got the, um, you know, the power behind them. Uh, they, they, they know what's going on. They've got, you know, good leadership. Um, they, they recognize that companies like Tesla and Bitcoin are way overvalued um, and they recognize the things that they have to do to stay current. So the individual employee, for instance, needs to think about what industry am I in? What are the areas within that industry that are gonna be more solid? 
I got to think that in, say, the travel industry, safety and compliance is going to be a much bigger piece of solid job um, requirements than some of the other some of the other roles within the industry. So even if you're in an industry that is being impacted, you can also choose the areas that have more growth opportunities and anything around artificial intelligence, of course, and machine learning. Um, and that's a, that's affecting all of our systems and the way that we do business on a daily basis. So anything, so you can you can go by industry and you can go by job role, but there's gonna be a lot of job switching going on in 2021, more than we've seen in a long time. And this is gonna be good for the economy. It's gonna be good for individuals. We're going to have to learn how to do some new things that are applicable in what's next versus looking backward. How do you get a CEO to be thinking? I was talking about, I was talking to a CEO the other day and we were talking about you know, the geopolitical world order. You know, let's throw something out there. Taiwan gets invaded by China, not out of the realm right now. Taiwan Semiconductor wants to you know, keep its business. Does it start to move stuff to the United States? You, know, you think about these things. How do you get a CEO to get his workforce to be going, guys, look, this world is going 200 miles an hour and we're at 75. How do you get them to be constantly thinking on a daily basis, weekly basis with every staff meeting they have, be it at the, the board level all the way down to the, you know, the, the, the office level? How do you get them to be thinking about constant change and, and running through all the what if scenarios and saying, hey, look, you know, here's some of the what if scenarios we see at our level. And, and so that you know, the company is now looking forward and not you know, just at the quarter, but you know, at next year. One of the things that I've been hearing a lot about just in learning, the learning um, segment of business, the marketing segment of business is scenario planning. And in a way, this is like taking all the data that we know, um, both electronic data and observable data, and analyzing it. And we've got the ability to do that. But I think that it's it's more of a power skill or a soft skill that's in order here for the CEO. This is a communication challenge. We've all witnessed when leadership doesn't communicate, when things are going south, it's a very bad thing. It's important to talk to people. I keep on going back to the airline. My, 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 my father worked for, for an airline for years. And one of the things that I love when I'm on an airplane, if there's turbulence in the air, please don't be silent on me. Please tell me that there's going to be bumpy air for the next 10 or 15 minutes and everything's going to be fine and just buckle up my seatbelt. Right. That makes me feel so happy. But when a pilot chooses not to say anything, mm -hmm. I think that's the worst thing that can happen. So I think communicative CEOs win the day. People that work that, you know, are working around that CEO, the high level management team, mm -hmm. they will succumb to that as well. But it has to come from the top. And it has to come from a place of um, talking to people. And if, and if it's bad news, get that bad news out. That's what scenario planning is for. It's to figure out what if, get your risk management 
um, programs in place and to not ignore when something is going south. Yeah, no, look, and and, and I, I take it the constant, you know, Twitter between you know, Twitter, Facebook, you know, whatever, your, your online social media. Now everybody wants information and they want it now. So if you're CEO and you knew bad news was coming and, and you waited a day, week, a month to put it out there, everybody's thought patterns. Have, I got to think everybody's thought patterns have now changed with regards to what they're looking for. I'm assuming, you know, look, you know, new generations, my kids, you know, my kids don't think like, you know, they're, you know they think completely differently than I did when I was in college. So I got to think now that, you know, it's, um, you know, as new generations come up, it's changing a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of views on how leadership thinks, thinks and communicates. Am I, am I wrong? Or are they still, are they still adapting? No, they're still, I, I think um, the younger generation, of course, we all have a families. I have a pretty extensive, large family with all different age groups um, and work with a lot of different people in the workplace in the, in the full spectrum of age groups. And I find that um, the younger generations want the information and they want it fast. And if it's bad news, they want it fast and they will accept an apology from a leader. Mm-hmm. So it used to be 20 years ago, 30 years ago, hush, hush, keep that bad information down, not going to apologize. Now, the sooner you get the apology out, even if, you know, an organization makes a mistake, get that information out there and say, this is what we're going to do now to resolve this. So if you're a young, so mid-career, younger mid-career executive, manager, director level, what are you teaching? What are you teaching manager, director levels now? How are you? How how are you teaching them to be continually adapting and change their thought process? Well, the one thing that's going on right now is um, about twenty to thirty percent of organizations are are going through agile transformation, and we had digital transformation five to ten years ago. Now it's agile transformation, and what that means is enabling teams to self-assemble, to solve challenges within the organization. And it puts the decision-making process within that level. So no longer is a manager looking to a senior manager, looking to a VP, looking to the CEO to get permission. There is a, a trust factor that has to be established within the organization. And teams need to be able to get things done and to move things forward. So it is about using not just an agile mindset, but assembling within agile teams. And let's talk about agile for just a moment. Agile used to be just for IT projects. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to get this IT project. There's a web project out there. And I'm going to use an agile methodology. But now we have agile HR. Now we have agile marketing. We're all thinking this way because we realized that command and control no longer works. It sounds like agile sounds a little, you know, yeah, military's been doing agile for a long time. I mean, everybody thought, you know, it's, you know, you, you, we're going to push the decisions down to the people on the ground. Um, yes, there's a chain of command, but you know, everybody in that chain, everybody in from the, 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 the most junior person, can make decisions should they need to. Um, I found corporations were always a little scared to 
to go that route. I, I take it they're they're sort of they're, they're learning from the seals, the Navy seals now, and saying, "Hey, look, let's uh, let's push this. You know, we, we, let's hire smart people and let them make decisions that will affect the organization." That's a great, that's a great example. And look at the organizations that we um, like working with best. It's when the person that does customer support on the phone or on a digital environment is able to make a concession or respond to an urgent need in a way. We've got a little bit of an issue right now that I think is at odds with each other that I think is worth noting so I mentioned AI, I mentioned machine learning, I mentioned all the digital environment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the organizations, especially the newer ones, are pushing it down um, to um, their customer support area. Right. And I think that this is something that's going to be going through a lot of changes before it gets better. Uh, the, the organizations that are giving the best customer service right now actually have people in the mix. That, um, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've used Apple products for years and their customer support is just phenomenal. Yep, um, they, Each person is a little bit different. They have a little bit of a different knowledge. So I just call back because they let me do that. And mm-hmm. I'm able to, they'll stay on the phone for as long as you need to resolve an issue. And that was one of the problems with the airlines. It was, you know, you've got, you know, I always felt bad for these customer service reps at the airlines who were, they were there. They're dealing with a line of people who may or may not be on, you know, who are probably not necessarily happy because their flight just got delayed or canceled or whatever else. And then they gave them no power to make any decisions. It's like, you know, they won't let me do this. They won't let me do that. So you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, are are going to be angry with me. But you look at Apple, my, my daughter just returned a pair of iPods, you know, the new iPods Pro. And they're like, hey, look, yeah, they don't work. Okay, we'll you know, send them back to us. Uh, we'll send you a new pair. And, and it's cool. And it's it's like you give your customer service people, you hire smart customer service people and say, look, this is the company. You know, this is the customer. Figure out what works, you know, what works for both, you know, and, and, we'll, and, and make a decision. And it's cool. And we'll stick by you. And I think that's kind of one of the things companies are learning now is let's hire smart people and stick by them and their decisions. Well, in a recent decision that was made just a few months ago by the airlines is to waive change fees. Yep. I mean, Southwest always did that. It wasn't an issue and they were considered the friendly airline. And when you think about uh, not having change fees right now and, mm-hmm. you know, in my recommendation for any CEO within any airline, don't charge change fees. It is, it is just an onerous thing on individuals um, and figure out how to, uh, you know, charge, you know, I'd rather pay a little bit more on my ticket. Yep. Once again, it's, it's all about, look, you know, the, you know, the airlines were the airlines, but you know, there's so much, you know, I just think of like Amazon, you know, Amazon and Walmart just came out and said, Hey, you know what, if you're not really happy with the product, just call us up. We don't want it back. Just, just keep it, throw it away, do whatever you want with it. But you know, whatever. Now, I'm not sure that publicly saying that was the best decision in, in the world for them. But I get it. It's like by the time you ship this thing back, us and we pay for the shipping, whatever else, then we're just throwing away anyway. It's like you know, it's you know, it's no good to anybody. So just keep it. Um, but I just like how they're you know, companies. I, I think the one thing this pandemic is really teaching people is, hey, look, you know, it's things are moving fast. Just make a decision. 
and and you know, right or wrong, we'll stick by the decision and we'll we'll learn from it and keep it going. I think that's a lot of what agile. I think that's what a lot of what agile yeah. is, is about. I think um we've talked about I, I talk a lot about career agility, the individuals being able to uh, assess what's going on in their career and and really apply agile principles to the management of their own career. But let's talk about learning agility and leadership agility. Um, if you know, there's you know, organizations like Corn Ferry, you know, in, interview uh, CEOs and recommend them for positions. And learning agility is a huge part of how they assess these individuals. Because again, nobody wants to hire a CEO that can't assess and make a decision. Yep, that's the big thing. It's, it's your ability to make, yeah, when I was flying in the Navy, we would spend hours putting a plan together. And we would know that 10 minutes after we launched off an aircraft carrier, that plan was gonna go to hell because somebody's airplane was gonna break. Somebody was gonna, you know, somebody, you know, somebody's ability to get gas in the air was gonna, was gonna go away. Um, the mission might change. It's like, all right, if we need to do it, here's, what we're, here's how we're gonna flex. And, you know, that was a great skill I felt like I learned in the Navy was, how are you teaching people now? You talk about career agility. How are you teaching people when a good time to make a change? Changes. I mean, it's, it's uh, from the organization they're in. Do you stick it out? Do you ride it out? Do you be patient? Or do you just say, screw it, I'm going to go somewhere else that's more like me? And, you know, how do you know the difference? Well, one of the principles of career agility is pursue it in parallel. And so it's never about just all, all in on one thing and not learning something else. So whether you have a side gig that you make extra money in or whether you're getting education on the side or an extra certificate, it's always about planning for what other things you can do to augment what you're currently doing. Some people do this. It's like a, a, a you know, do, doing uh, parallel lanes. They're doing two things at once. And if one thing doesn't go as well, they jump lanes completely. So if they're doing this for three, four, five years, they're they're all set by the time there's uncertainty in an area of their other career. The other thing that I counsel people is never to be complacent with what is going on in their career. I, I say, give yourself two to three years to do something and do it better than anyone else can mm -hmm. do this role, master it. And then by the time you've mastered it, before you get bored with it, go on to the next project. Now that doesn't mean job hopping. It could just be another project within your organization, mm -hmm. or it could be another role within the organization. LinkedIn was famous for this. Reed Hoffman, when he was, you know, in, in, in the lead, he talked about them as being tours of duty. He didn't want people getting stale. Right. He wanted people really working themselves out of one role and working themselves into another role within LinkedIn. And if it wasn't going to be in LinkedIn, he was okay for that person to leave. Yep. Yeah. Look, you know, hey, look, you know, People got to go for organizations to thrive. People got to leave. New people got to come in. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a pyramid. There's only one CEO and not everybody can be a CEO. Um, yeah, and for people to, people to thrive, they got to go find something new. But the one thing I teach executives when I'm placing them is a lot of times they ask me, hey, you know, what's, this is the role. 
okay, you know, it's a it's a vice president of this role. And the question they have is, well, what can I do in two or three years? I said, well, look, this is what's in front of you. You know, at the end of the day, what's in front of you right now for the next two or three years is what's important. If you master that, we can talk about what's down the road. If you don't master what you're doing right now or what's in front of you, then what's down the road is irrelevant because, you know, nobody's going to buy it. It's, you know, what's the price? Who cares? If you're not buying it, nobody cares what the price is, right? So, you know, that's the one thing I think, you know, people are like, they, they want to be agile, but I go, hey, look, there's a difference between agile and ADD. Right. Um, it's not, um, people sometimes think career agility, oh, wow, that's just moving from job to job. And you could be in the same organization for mm-hmm. 20 years and be a highly agile person contributing mm-hmm. to the organization. Yeah. It's just taking what you got now. It's it's being great with it. And then, you know, like you said, you're 90% of the way to greatness and you go, all right, I want, I want to be great somewhere else. You finish up that 10 and you move on. And yeah. I mean, I used to be in the marketing profession, you know, that the, as a chief marketer, as a VP of marketing, you know, you were lucky to get, um, you know, two to three years in as a CMO, maybe as a mm-hmm. VP, a few more, uh, depending on how large the organization was mm-hmm. or, or is. And so this this was a part of my marketing planning. You know, you go from one area to another. In, in marketing, I, I went from you know just a regular contributor to a manager to a director to a VP to a CMO. But then one thing that I noticed was paying attention to the trends was good. Digital transformation was going on at the time, so I became expert at automating the marketing process and integrating salesforce.com with marketing systems. Um, Did I sign up to be an expert at IT and marketing originally when I studied it? No, but I saw where it was going and I knew that I wouldn't be relevant if I couldn't connect systems together. Absolutely. Yeah. It's my, you know, my job, my job now, it's a big, it's it's a phone business. It's a relationship business. It's a marketing business. You know, it's, you got to know a little bit about everything. And, and I read 10 Ks as we were talking about, I read 10 Ks religiously because I want to know what's happening with my customers. And so now I'm a financial analyst as well, in a lot of ways, you know, it's, it's not about just sitting, sitting still. So what are three, three things people will finish up here. What are three things people need to do in 2021 to thrive? Uh, I think to thrive, I'll go back to something I said earlier. It's really pay attention to the signals. Signals happen before trends. So see what the signals are that are going on, not just in the industry, but within your organization. Mm -hmm. What are the messages you're hearing? What are the um, things that are happening in the virtual meetings? Um, And then to be able to make an assessment or maybe do some scenario planning for yourself and then make a decision about what you're going to do. The one thing that I tell everyone is when change is happening, don't do nothing. Whether it's good change, bad change, you can't stagnate in the face mm-hmm. of change. Don't do nothing. I think that I think that that should be in capital letters. Yes. Like, you, know, you can't you can't hide the foxhole the way. Yeah, you you can't go hide the foxhole. Right. I mean, it's you know, my eyebrows went up when I said it too. It's it's a bit it's a big capital letters. So gotcha. So how do people find you? 
Which, they can uh, find me at, uh, at my name, which is martyconstant.com, M-A-R-T-I-K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T.com. Um, I've got um, tools on the site for workforce agility. I have a 22-page white paper, and I have a career agility guide that can be downloaded from the site. And I've also written a book called Activate Your Agile Career. And my newsletter called Agility Think on LinkedIn now has 24,000 subscribers. So you'd be in good company to be learning about all things agility. Love it. Look at, go download it, to, go download it now. It's awesome. So, hey, thanks for coming on. It was a great conversation and I think I, I love it. Yeah, don't do nothing is, uh, is something that's gonna go capital letters right here on my whiteboard. Probably the best uh, best best three words of advice I've heard in a long time. So right. well, it's it's a VUCA world we live in. So the, the you know the volatility and the uncertainty is just all around us. So it's it's time. Thanks for coming on today, Marty. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks for having me, Craig. Talk soon. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthstarESG.com, or check us out at www.northstaresg.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.